breaking down. What's up? What's up? This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Rantanen goes around back of the Toronto goal, works back to the blue line, dishes it off to Taves. Taves gets a return pass. Taves going to the net. He scores! Devon Taves comes off the left wing and wins the game in overtime for the Avalanche 5 to 4. Leaf Station post game Brent Gunning Gord Stellick here you heard it from Joe Bowen 5-4 indeed is the final the Leafs squeak out a point with the overtime loss that's the first Leafs loss of the calendar year their first loss in fact since December 9th man 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 it has been a while uh, me and Gord here to break it down for you but joining us on the line as well uh, you hear them all the time you read them all the time on sportsnet.ca our buddy Luke Fox Luke how you doing tonight I'm doing pretty good I just watched um Probably one of the most exciting uh, hockey games of the season, certainly of 22. Uh, that that was that was a blast. Um, man, what what a finish though! Like once Colorado decides to step on the gas, look out! That third period was something. Uh, and then at that overtime, I I, I don't know if Austin Matthews couldn't get off um, and and decided that you know he'd be better to stay on, but he was on for it looked like a minute 12. And he was just gassed, and and then he got beat on that little give and go there. Um, and poor Jack Campbell. I mean, they met, that was the most shots the Leafs have faced all season. Um, the Avalanche just came at them in waves. They were yeah. they were showing the shot attempted on on the broadcast, and it looked like a college basketball score. It was like seventy five to fifty or, or something like that. And I think you you nailed it there with how well Campbell played today. But what was that third period more about to you? Was that just proof that man, when a team like Colorado gets rolling and puts their foot down, there's almost nothing you could do? Or was that a little bit of uh oh, this is the Leafs sitting and waiting in a shell a little bit again? Like was it both of those? Which was it more to you? Uh, I guess what did you make? exactly of that third period there uh well i mean it, it's i think it's rarely one thing i would say it's a little bit of bit of both i mean you're up three nothing you're up four one you like to get two points um they got one uh and they were the second best team tonight so in that respect you got to be happy um but you know there was there's a lot of talk about how well the Leafs have played defensively of late, um, and you go from a couple of games where you're playing COVID-ravaged uh, Ottawa, COVID-ravaged Edmonton without McDavid. You're playing with no fans. You get on the road and you play the hottest team in hockey. You you play the the strongest offensive team in hockey. The only team that's averaging more than four goals a game. Uh, yeah, you get the lead, but you look at the roster over there. It's healthy and it's playing on all cylinders. I mean. Nathan McKinnon extended his uh, point streak to 13 games tonight. Nazem Kadri to 11 games. Kale McCarr is having like the the best goal scoring season by a defenseman since the 80s. Like this, this is a powerhouse team. So you go from these kind of lackluster, uh, kind of quiet, lazy, low energy games to you know playing a real contender, which is what you think you are. Um, so I think it was a great test for them. You like to win a game when you have a three-goal lead, though. Uh, but I, I give a lot of credit to Colorado. That is a team that's, that's built to win a Stanley Cup. And this is a good test for Leafs. This is a good road trip. Like, it, that, that 
should get their attention because they got Vegas coming up as well, and then St. Louis at the towards the end of the trip. Well, you know, there's so many great teams in the NHL, and you know, the Leafs always when they have Matthews and Marner, and then Tavares and Nylander, like a good good two thirds of a line, but. There's no other line that compares to this one. Like Ranton had four assists tonight. Uh, McKinnon and 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 Cavie's not even generally on the big line. So you talk about McKinnon with yeah. 11 shots on goal. Uh, you talk about Landeskog as well. And then if they throw McCarr on that line, like he's the leading goal scorer defenseman in the NHL. And I and and offensively, there's there's no other there's no other line that matches that trio. No, uh, no, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It, it, it's it's something to watch too. Um, just the the speed with which they play, and the fact that they have this baked in chemistry for years now, basically since Landon came in the league. Um, you know that for the large majority of the time, those three guys have played together, so they know where each other are. Um, you know, and, and with Boston getting a little bit older, you know that when you think about the top lines in the, in the whole NHL, you often think about the, the Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak line. But this this Colorado line right now, uh, it, you can't really make a case that there's any any uh, trio better. Um, and, you know, the Leafs didn't have Marner. He's, he's stuck in COVID. They didn't have Kasha. They didn't have Engvall. They're forced to, to dig a little bit deeper into their depth tonight. Um, but I actually thought, you know, they had a really strong first period. I loved Alexander Kerfoot's game, and, and he seemed to, to slide onto that Matthews line nicely. Austin was absolutely phenomenal through the first 20 minutes on both ends of the ice. Um, a lot of star power in this game. It, it was it was a hoot. You you mentioned that the depth kind of took a hit there, and it feels like, and I, I don't want to pick on this guy because I think, you know, more times than not, he shouldn't be out there at this point in the game, but it was Clifford who kind of got worked on. I think it was the fourth goal, if not the third one behind the net there, and that's just, that is exactly a case and a point of exactly what you laid out. You know, if it's Andre Kasha in the lineup, and it's Angval, and it's Marner, you know, a guy like Clifford, and, and I think there's a role for him on this team. I just think he'd even tell you, probably not in a game uh, against Colorado. You know, a guy who's had trouble finding a role. Uh, he had trouble holding on to a roster spot. He's back in the lineup tonight. Uh, he giveth and he take away. Uh, Nick Ritchie, power play goal. Uh, you know, I think we all had a little smile when we saw that one. But that's just, uh, you know, that's just a terrible ten- penalty that he took late in the game there. And, you know, I know there were calls missed against him. But you just, for a player who's on the fringes of a roster like he is right now, you just cannot have the, those type of mistakes like Ritchie had with the penalty there. Yeah, that was a tough one for him to take, especially the, the day after he clears waivers, right? And it's a critical juncture in the game. And basically, the Leafs kind of had to white knuckle it just to hold on to a point at that, you know, at that juncture. Like once they went down shorthanded, uh, bad, bad penalty. Um, there, there's nothing more to say. As for Clifford, you know, he hasn't played a game, an NHL game, in, in probably a month, right? Like he played a couple games with the Marlies, but. Not only jumping back into the NHL, but you're jumping into uh, playing against the Colorado Avalanche, the best offense in the NHL. So, uh, yeah, um, the the, deep, the the depth got its test today, and uh, you just hope when the when the playoffs do roll around that the Leafs have everyone healthy and everyone cleared out of protocol because it just shows that they're going to need uh, need to be at absolute full strength if they're going to hang with with the the real contenders in this league. Yeah, I mean the 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 end of it. There's you hate to blow a lead, but there's so many positives out of this. But again, not on the officiating side. 
like totally agree the Richie penalty was one he shouldn't. It's interesting because Tavares and Matthews got penalties earlier. It's kind of a you know different kind of game getting them in the in the neutral and offensive zone. But the uh, uh, T.J. Brody embellishment. I heard Jim Ralph talking about that too. Like uh, you know, Kadri almost did a little. But Kadri slicker though. But you know, he was doing the little bit of the interference type thing. So call it or don't call it. But that's an affront to call call T.J. Brody for embellishment on that play. Yeah, I agree with you, Gordon. I didn't like that one. And it's you know what? Part of me wants to tip my cap to Kadri because they take away probably their best penalty-killing defenseman by, by getting the, the coincidental minors there, right? Like uh, the Leafs are, are trying to kill a penalty and uh, they get Brody off um, by that. But, yeah, I, I think it was – inconsistent at best there's a time Matthews got tripped as well that I, I thought there should have been a call um, but I, I, I don't like to harp on this stuff too much because if you look at who had the run of play it was all the avalanche right and if, if Jack Campbell doesn't do a Superman diving save kind of looked like Ozzy Smith there playing shortstop um, <laughs> you, you know like uh, Colorado probably could have won this thing in regulation regardless of, of the ref's role so um, you know, I, I don't want to say that I don't want to blame the refs for the fact that Leafs lost this one. No, you know, not blame. Just just point out the few mistakes. <laughs> and I like you mentioning the Matthews one because that one jumped out to yeah. me. Uh, yeah. I know I know he got burned on. I know he got burned at the end of the game in OT, getting caught out or he stayed late. But I mean, we shouldn't let one mistake in three on three hockey kind of overshadow just how tremendous he was tonight. Early on, he looked shot out of a cannon. I thought he could have had four, five, six, seven, eight goals. It just seemed like it was chance after chance after chance. He had an amazing centering pass in the third that nobody could get their stick on. It just, you know, it, it shouldn't surprise us at this point in time. But when Marner is off of the line, and those two play tremendously together, but it does feel like when he has kind of the force of play or the pace of play kind of forced onto him, and he has to do it, throw in the fact that there's crowds or the fans in the building, you got a great crowd. Out. He's going up against another star. It just feels like he always rises to these moments, and tonight was no exception. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's what you want to see, right? Like, uh, right from the opening draw, it's him staring at McKinnon. And, and you know, if you're an ultra-competitor, like like we all know Austin Matthews is, like we know Nathan McKinnon is, like, you should get two stuff. This only happens twice a year, guys. Like, we're playing, uh, you know, the, these teams in the West these superpowers like I, that's what you love to see as, as a fan of the sport you love to see the big guns come out to play on, on both sides and uh, we absolutely saw that like that was 20 20 of the best minutes of hockey i've seen austin matthews play um you know the the two goals in 33 seconds is one thing um but the fact that he had a couple more like complete grade a chances um i don't know if you caught like the move he did to get that wraparound chance he had where he banked it off the boards to himself like just some really creative play and in his own zone he was hard on the pocket and aggressive and broke up some plays uh cycle plays by the abs too um yeah i'm not faulting him uh for for the overtime goal i like it's hard to see when you're when you're just watching on tv i'm not traveling with the the team right now due to to covid um and you don't see the full picture you don't know if he had a chance to get off or if he felt it was irresponsible to to skate off and and leave the the team hanging like on a three on two. So um, I don't want to judge him too harshly unless you see the full picture on the the OT all, winner there. 
All I can think of now is when he scored four goals in his first game and blamed himself for the OT loss. So we're just going to give him a do-over, even if it was his fault. He doesn't have to wear it uh, tonight. Uh, Hard-fought loss for the Leafs. Uh, 5-4 is the final in Colorado. Uh, Luke, thanks so much for taking the time, bud. Really appreciate it. All right. Have a good rest of your show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. There he goes, Luke Fox. Check him out on sportsnet.ca and uh, wherever else you can find uh, Luke Fox stuff, including Luke Fox Jukebox's wonderful, wonderful Twitter handle. We've got tons of wonderful post-game reaction. Me and Gord, plus you'll hear from some of the principals involved here on Leaf Station post-game. Leafs pick up a point in Colorado, but it is a 5-4 overtime loss. We'll have more as we continue to recap it here on Leaf Station post-game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We need to talk about what just happened. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. is the final in Colorado. Devon Taves getting the overtime winner there for the Avalanche. Uh, The Leafs charging out to a lead, 3-0. Then the Avalanche got one back at the end of the first. Nick Ritchie getting on the board with a power play marker before Kale McCarr got one in the second. The Avalanche tie it up in the third, and then Devon Taves gets your winner there. Uh, Gord, just before we dive into some of the postgame tape, you know, we got Luke Fox takes on the game. We did not get the venerable Gord Stellix takes. Well, what did you make of this? I mean, this was just felt like just two fantastic teams really kind of showing what they had, and the Avalanche kind of found the extra gear in the third is, is what it felt like to me. Yeah, you know, it just uh, like it would have been the one walking to the subway. We'd, been, we'd be buzzed. There's so many things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, again, you hesitate to be critical because Colorado did outshoot Toronto 50-27. to 27. They did have a big, big edge, particularly in the third period. Uh, but, again, when you have three-goal leads, you know, you hate to see those. And, and uh, you covered the Matthews thing, and, and I knew whatever it was, and I would, I would never question Austin Matthews in the slightest, but all of a sudden when he was caught in his, in his zone, you knew they were screwed as long as they had the puck in their zone. You knew it, right? You could see him. And he was on the side now trying to – closest to the bench, but the benches are far away. Uh, it's long change to the bench. So you knew that. Kyle Clifford, uh, I was puzzled he was on then. And uh, I know Luke was saying about, yeah, he hasn't played in about a month, but to your point, being down one goal to the Colorado Avalanche in the third period, you know, good on Sheldon Keith in a lot of ways. He's showing a lot of uh, faith in his, his four lines at various points, but uh, he got taken to the cleaners on that one. Uh, the, uh, the, again, the penalties. It's not why they lost the game, but, but you know, like just, yeah, just, but, 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 it wasn't very good. The official, it just bothers me when they needlessly are a factor in the game. Now, Colorado won at fair and square again, to go back to Luke's point, but I, I, I threw the TJ Brody one out there because it was so absurd. It was just so absurd. Like, don't call a penalty on Kadri then if you don't want to put uh, Colorado down for some reason. But to call embellishment when a guy like that was absurd. That was completely absurd. And the uh, and the Leafs did such a great guy, uh, job killing them off. Kerfoot for five minutes, th- five minutes thirty seven seconds. Camp for five minutes fifty three seconds. Uh, and and uh, they did kind of get a power play goal because they had killed it off. You know that old thing. There's two things when a power play ends. Quite often, the guy coming out of the box is the most dangerous guy if the team shorthanded mm-hmm. has the puck, right? The other one is sure. the player comes in the end and plays whatever spot. He's usually right wing or something, even if he's a defenseman. And, you, and, and they never really got back in rhythm there. So it was kind of a semi-power play goal there a little bit. So I'm getting all picky about it because I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that they blew a, a three-goal lead. It's great they killed off Richie's penalties. 
penalty, but inexcusable. But I will give him props. He had six hits. Team had 23. He had six of them. So, you know, so he got the goal and was trying to, trying to do something and probably just a little, trying to do a little bit too much on that play. Yeah, and I, I, again, like before the penalty, I actually thought pretty highly of Nick Ritchie's game. Of course, he gets the power play goal. You're going to like that. A couple of shifts later, I'm pretty sure it was in the second. Yeah, it was in the second period. He kind of tries to take on and, and, you know, not fight, but tussle with three avalanche players at a time. And that's the kind of thing you want out of Nick Ritchie, puffing his chest out, scoring goals. That's the guy you want. But then, you know, there's a reason why a player who has the pedigree that he does, a top 10 pick, not all all that long ago there's a reason why a guy like that ends up uh, on waivers at a time and it's because of questionable decision making you saw it with the penalty tonight and and yeah I'm I'm with you you know I I love to complain about the refs everyone else comes on and say I don't like to do it I actually do like to do it I didn't think that was the reason tonight but that that Brody Kadri dust up it it felt to me like it was a perfect no call. Just let him go. It's two guys kind of getting tangled up in the neutral zone. I, I didn't get that one at all. It ends up not really factoring in, so uh, we should probably move on. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Gorda. I, I did not like it. I don't like it when it's a factor in the game. And I think the other thing, too, on Clifford is, you know, the Leafs got to roll four lines early on in this trip. You know, getting out on the road, playing in tougher venues, playing against tougher teams, you cannot just lean on your stars. So there's probably something to that, too. About about Clifford being out there uh, late, later in the game, and again, not to not to make it on him. Tavares was kind of puck watching uh, on that play as well. Uh, let's hear from some of the principals involved, including from the guy we've been uh, heaping tons of praise on, Austin Matthews. Let's hear from the Leaf Center now. Mark Schlinski, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Austin. Uh, Jack just said if he plays up to his standard, uh, you guys win that game every time. I don't know. From where I stood, I I I don't think I, I know Jack uh, is hard on himself all the time. But uh, can you talk about you know just how the game maybe got away from you? It was uh, a, a good strong Colorado team there? They're a great offensive team. Can you just talk about uh, you know what how the game went uh, for, uh, from there? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I think uh, Sue played unbelievable tonight. Honestly, I can't. Uh, I mean, some of the saves he made tonight, like. One of them is going to be save of the year, honestly. So, um, you know, I think he did everything he could. That's a really good team over there, and obviously they're not going to go away. You saw that tonight. But, I mean, Soup did everything, uh, you know, he could. Um, you know, they make plays. They, they got some good players on the other side, and, um, you know, they kind of got the momentum going their way a little bit in the second half of the game and were able to tie it up. But, um, you know, by no means do I think uh, Jack Campbell didn't play up to the standard tonight because he was unbelievable for us, just like he's been unbelievable for us all year. So, Thank you, Austin. Next would Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Austin, you guys get the point nonetheless. How do you feel that is to uh, to start off this road trip? Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice, obviously, to uh, to get the second point. Um, like I said, um, you know, that's a really good team over there. They're going to get their chances, and you know, I think they just uh, were able to kind of get the momentum over on their side and able to score a couple goals and um, you know, kind of get that shift over there. The crowd was really into it. Uh, and, and, you know, they forced OT, but, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the whole time, um, you know, playing me, we obviously expected to win and uh, a couple little uh, minor details that just kind of slipped that uh, they were able to kind of capitalize on. But uh, like I said, that's a good team over there. And, you know, I think we feel very strongly about uh, ourselves as well. So, um, you know, I thought we, we did a lot of really good things, but obviously we're leaving a little bit disappointed not getting that second point. 
how did you feel about your guys at start tonight? Obviously, the altitude's always a question there. I thought you guys uh, started okay. Obviously, had the offense killed the four penalties, uh, things like that. Is that what you mean when you, you talk about the positives to take out of this game? Yeah, I thought we had a great start. Um, you know, especially kind of what we were um, in our last two games with uh, no fans and just uh, a little bit of the lack of uh, you know lack of energy. I think uh, in the atmosphere and everything, and then coming here and. Uh, playing in a full stadium, um, you know, with the crowd really into it. I think we were just really uh, ready to go from the start, and uh, I think it showed. Um, you know, I thought we were really smart with our shift lengths, uh, especially early on, just getting adjusted to the altitude, um, and then obviously uh, capitalizing on some opportunities. Uh, but I think that start, um, you know, all in all, was pretty good for us. With David Alter with the Hockey News. Go ahead, David. Hey, Austin. Uh... Two questions. One, what did it mean for you to get back on the score sheet after the long layoff that the team had? And second, that was a new look with uh, Bunting and Kerfoot there all together. Uh, that had to be encouraging that you guys found chemistry right away as a trio. Yeah, it's, I don't know what to tell you. It's always fun to score. I mean, I don't know how else to really put it, but, um, you know, Kerf's an easy guy to play with. Uh, he's, he's so smart. He skates. Uh, he makes plays all, all over the ice, and uh, he fed me there with a really nice, uh, really nice pass on our third goal. So um, he's just an easy guy to play with, and obviously, I've uh, been building chemistry with Bunts uh, throughout the year as we just continue to play together. And um, you know, I think that we we did a lot of really good stuff tonight, um, created a lot of really good chances for each other, and uh, some good zone time. Um, so you know, we'll see what uh, what it looks like um, you know these next couple games. But uh, you know, I thought we gelled pretty well. I would agree. I like the look of uh, of that top line. Uh, they combined for uh, three goals, so nothing to sneeze at there. There's Austin Matthews. Uh, let's hear from the guy who he said made one of the saves of the year. Here is Leafs goaltender Jack Campbell. We'll begin with Mark Solinsky, Toronto Star. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Jack. Um, probably not the result you guys wanted, uh, but can you talk about the game? Just it was a good game for both teams, and I think Colorado showed how strong they are offensively. Yeah, it was a good game. Uh, the crowd was really loud. It was, you know, fun out there, and I thought our guys competed really hard. And um, yeah, if I play up to my standard, we win that game every time. Thanks, Jack. Again, if you have a question for Jack, please use the raise hand function. Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead. Hi, uh, Jack. You talk about the work uh, the penalty killers did in front of you. You don't get the win tonight, but, uh, you know, they uh, they did a heck of a job keeping you guys in it as uh, as Colorado rallied. Yeah, it was huge for us. I mean, the guys in front of me did a great job. We had a bunch of big blocks in the first uh, and the third again, and, um, you know, they have a great power play over there, and uh, I just thought our guys in front of me did the best job they could possibly do to, uh, you know, keep it to go into overtime, big kill at the end of the game, and... Um, Unfortunately, we didn't, didn't get the second point. You do get a point, and uh, tomorrow is your 30th birthday. Uh, how do you feel on the on the eve of that milestone? I'm sure you wanted the win, but it's a significant day in your life uh, nonetheless, I guess. Yeah, I just definitely wanted the win. Okay, thank you. Thank you.
I think I think Campbell stunned the Leafs media into silence after he uh, blamed himself for the loss there. Uh, anybody, questions? Do you need a minute to collect your thoughts? Uh, man, Jack Campbell. Uh, find somebody who loves to wear it uh, the way the way Jack Campbell does because, man, oh, man, he is uh, not shy to take uh, to take the blame, uh, even when it's not his. And, uh, yeah, on the eve of his 30th birthday, uh, he should have his head held pretty high because he was spectacular tonight, albeit in a 5-4 Leafs loss. We want to hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. We're going to do that a little more from Gordo and I as well as we continue here on Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Don't worry, we'll turn the lights off when we leave, but we're not done yet. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Brent Cunning, Gord Stellick here walking you through the Leafs 5-4 loss on the road in overtime over Colorado. Jack Campbell standing on his head, making 44 stops in the loss. And uh, we just heard from him. We've heard from Austin Matthews. Let's hear from the guy who decides who plays. Leafs head coach, Sheldon Keefe. Welcome, Sheldon. We'll begin with Lance Hornby, Toronto Sun. Go ahead, Lance. Sheldon, they have a very offensive team, but what could you guys have done better to lock that lead down? Hard to say. You got to watch it back. I mean, it's there's not many teams in the league that are able to keep these guys below four these days. Um, so I, you know, I think it's 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 tough. You know, it's tough to do that, especially with a short bench today and you know missing three very important forwards, three guys that would be vital for us in in protecting a lead like that and allowing us to use more of a bench. Um, three penalty killers as well. You know, we had to kill four penalties today. Only had one power play. Penalty killed an outstanding job. But uh, I, I, I take nothing but positive out of this game tonight. I know the way you, you give up the, the lead in the third and you end up losing in overtime, which to me, as we've talked about before, is just it's its own, it's its own baby. We, we tie the game here today. Um, it's a huge point for us. All things considered, this team that we're playing tonight is they're rolling. Um, it's a tough building to play in. This probably is the loudest building that we've played in all year. So it's you come out of you come out of uh, playing in front of no fans, and then you're into this. Um, the response from our group to start the game, I thought, was outstanding. Even though it took us a little bit to get our offense moving, I just thought our guys worked. Our structure was really good. And even though the shot volume goes up uh, throughout the game, uh, I mean, I, I just don't think we gave up much in terms of you know dangerous scoring chances. When we did, Soupy was unbelievable. Some of the saves he made, but uh, I thought our guys did what we asked of them today. Would we like to get two points? Absolutely. Should we have had two points? Absolutely. But that's a very good team, and to come out here on the road, get a point, it's huge for our group. Uh, moving ahead, uh, you hope to get a couple of guys back maybe before the next games to uh, get a bit of a, a rest. And, and like you say, getting one point to start this trip isn't the worst thing. Yeah, I'm not really certain, to be honest, uh, on the status of our guys coming back, uh, be it the you know the, the two in, in COVID protocol right now uh, that are back in Toronto, I think Volan Marner and, and Kasha skated uh, again today, but I haven't. I'm not sure where those guys are at, so... You know, we'll have to we'll have to just you know see come uh, Tuesday. Next one to Luke Fox Sportsnet. Go ahead, Luke. Hi, Sheldon. What did you make of Austin Matthews' line and and how it looked with Alexander Kerfoot 
getting a try up there. I thought they were good. Obviously, huge difference for us in that first period. I thought Alex Kerfoot was unbelievable tonight, <clears throat> and he he's been playing so well for us. And you know, he's he's moved up onto that line. He's have to play on his off wing. He's he's playing with Austin, who he has not spent a great deal of time uh, playing with. And, and I just thought he was great. I thought Austin was really good today. Uh, Bunting had moments in the game that were really good. Um, so you know, the, the line, the first period, I thought obviously was was very good. And, and what was the sense on the bench in that third period when Colorado really seemed to pick things up? I just thought we looked tired, and I could feel it coming through the second period. You know, I, I, we we put a lot into the start of the game, and uh, it showed. You know, um, we haven't played a game like this in quite a while with that that pace, that energy. It's been a long time. Um, so I just, you know, I was, again, it was really loud in there, hard to talk and communicate with one another. So you're not getting much, uh, uh, from them that way. But, um, you know, I, I thought, I thought our guys gave it everything that they had here today. Um, you know, I, I needed to get more out of, out of the, the bottom six of our, our, our bench tonight. Uh, and that really, I thought those guys did, gave us their best when they were out there. I, it was hard to put them in, put them out there. Really, every time they they hopped over the boards, they were looking to get McKinnon's line against them. So it was harder to to get uh, all four of our lines in, into the rotation. Um, I thought that that took its toll on us as the, as the game uh, wore on. But to be honest, a lot of the focus will go on on the third period. To me, the major turning points in the game are the late goals, the end of the first and end of the second. You know, it's the difference of being 3 nothing after one or 4-1 after two. To me, that's a much different intermission um, for the opposition when they're down three versus down two and one shot away uh, you know, on home ice or making it really interesting. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I thought our guys put a lot into the the, the first half of this game here today, and we just didn't have enough gas left to, to push back when we needed to. What did David Alter with the Hockey News? Go ahead, David. Sheldon, it's uh, it's been a high event week for uh, Nick Ritchie in terms of going on waivers, being scratched, but then he comes back, he gets a power play goal. What does that do for his confidence being thrust into a position like that and getting on the score sheet? Yeah, huge goal for us. A uh, huge goal for him. I'm sure you know does a lot you know for his confidence. Um, I, I thought he gave us some good shifts. You know, it's a tough penalty at the end there. You, know, you, you can't do that. At the same time, I thought we were, we had reached a point. I thought in the game where things were being let go both ways, and that was a tough one uh, to 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 have there to have to kill. And again, unbelievable job our our players to do that to grind out, grind it out, make sure we get the point. But um, in terms of Rich, yeah, like you said, he's been through a lot here the last little bit, and, and uh, to get a goal was nice, and you could see how happy the guys were for him on the bench. I love Sheldon Keefe. Just, just finds a way to get to needle in his thoughts on the officiating. I thought there was a point in the game where things were being let go, but they chose to take that one. Obviously, uh, he's happy to see Richie get on the score sheet. A little less happy to see him take the uh, the penalty. Uh, Gord, uh, Richie, ri- or sorry, uh, not Richie, Keefe, touching on to things we've talked about a bunch this season. The two goals at the end of periods. I mean, not to put those on any one player, but it's just those are those are killers at the end of a period. McKinnon in the first, and then McCarr in the 
the second. And, you know, it wouldn't matter who scores those goals, but the fact that it's those guys, it just gives the team just that little extra lift, even more so than, than kind of a regular goal. And, and then, yeah, the, the third period, that, that looked like a tired Leafs team that I, I don't think they've been in a game that was that kind of charged up emotionally in, in a really long time. And it's important to kind of understand what those games are like, too. Yeah, it's it's not a just a three goal uh, deficit to a two goal deficit. It's also momentum ending the period is what the Avalanche had and uh, uh, heading out. So the difference there, um, you know, uh, it's it's that kind of pace, and also it's the one place that the altitude affects you, like it does. It's the one of the thirty two venues that the visiting team the there's an adjustment and uh, and they were backed. You that's that's one of the things about when you give it that way in the first period. And as he mentioned, he could sense him getting tired. And then like he said, whenever you put his fourth line out, just just coming for the juggler was the McKinnon line. So all of a sudden he's boxed in. I know I need to I uh, stretch the lines out more, but I know what's gonna happen. And we saw, you know, Clifford uh, facing that group when he was out there. So it was interesting hearing all that. Again, Austin Matthews, uh, even though we talk about it's too bad he couldn't get off in overtime, we just we more talk about eight shots on goal, two goals, just a, him and McKinnon, just a phenomenal individual display with two teams giving great displays. And Jack Campbell, I mean, he's like the, the life partner <laughs> that you can never do anything right or the teacher that you can never do anything right, like you hand in your best work and they still find some criticism, but it's always pointed at himself. Like it's always pointed at himself. I think it's funny i think when matthews heard the question is i don't think they're surprised anymore because that's campbell's mantra but it's kind of like are you kidding me give me a break I, I know. I, I chuckled when I heard it. I mean, I genuinely think the Leafs beat was a little shocked when they, like, you're used to it. But after he makes, I mean, that, that diving save he made, we've seen, we've seen our share and, and, you know, hey, we've seen, we see this in baseball all the time too. You know, a dive that didn't necessarily need to be made, maybe a TV dive. He needed to get every inch of extension he got on that, that diving save he made in the third period. That's, that's up there for save, play of the year I mean it was just he, he had a tremendous game and you know did he did he love the overtime goal five hole I'm sure not did he love the McKinnon one I'm sure not but to sit there and blame yourself when you when he played the way he did in the third uh, I mean again he is who he is I guess it must work for him but uh, man it's uh, it, it's got to be hard to be that hard on yourself uh, all the time another thing that I think I think Keith mentioned that was important too is just hard to communicate this is a team that's not used to being in a frantic environment and the crowds have been way better at Scotiabank this year but you know it's been a long time since they've been playing in front of a raucous crowd at home or on the road and yeah it's just a different atmosphere when you're barking out orders or you're trying to get the right line line combinations out there you know it's tough on the players of course but it's equally as tough on the coaches there so I I, I thought it was kind of important for Keith to kind of mention that as well if it's just kind of muscle memory that they have to build up for for everybody on the team and dealing with with playing in those atmospheres well and, and they're going to get it in vegas as well you know like they go on they play there tuesday in vegas wednesday in arizona that's going to be another comparable situation an elite team in a, in a building that's hard to play and i i think all of us are saying the same thing just seeing the crowd like like in sheldon keith and the players yeah yeah let come on bring it on let's just have some real games like that that was a real game that's a real crowd that was exciting you know we're get a, getting out of our it's not quite the bubble we've been in before COVID-wise, but the COVID restrictions and just to get out there in a real kick-ass hockey game back and forth. I think everyone's just saying, what a pleasure. What a pleasure to play in. What a pleasure to watch. 
Yeah, that's – I mean, hey, we uh, – look, I mean, Gord, you and I would say, sign up for a Stanley Cup final where the Leafs are playing against, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, a house league team or something. We'd take anything. But I think the entirety of the hockey world would say, yes, please, give me seven games of that when it, when it really, really matters. I mean, there are other great teams uh, in this league, and, hey, the Leafs still have to prove they're one when it actually matters. But, you know, I think, I think Keith kind of had the right message coming out of this game tonight of just that that game shows you that you're – right there this isn't when they had to play the Carolina Hurricanes and they were found out it was a team in another class oh no no you're both right there in the same class I don't know I I was never allowed to be in any of these honors classes but it feels like that's what this this uh, Leafs and and Avalanche team are in because they I think you have to leave tonight feeling like you were in absolutely in the same ballpark as that team and you should be able to beat them I always kind of gauge something that if you had a friend and it was their first whatever game they saw, whether in person or on TV. Or, um, of course, radio is a bit different. But um, what kind of impression would it make? You know, because you, you always want the best. You know, you always want it to be best foot forward if somebody's new. And then you get a clunker and they kind of are snoring and you're, you're snoring. And then you get something like that. And the person <laughs> says, wow, wow, this is, this is really, really exciting and fun. I'm going to start, you know, maybe paying a little bit more attention to it. And your other point there. Uh, Brent, just about, yeah, Sheldon Keefe's whole, whole demeanor. What he said against Carolina was really rattling the cage that, guys, we were a team that were playing uh, the elite level hockey, bring on all comers, but we're not doing that right now. So let's let's get back on, let's let's understand that. And it's kind of what um, kind of what Daryl Sutter said to his Calgary Flames. You know, you're not you're not we're not competing against these kind of teams. Well, Sheldon Keefe's not saying that tonight. Like, uh, even though it was a three-goal lead that dissipated, uh, there were so many positives in it, and the Leafs came out full value against as good, a, as, as good an opponent as there is in the National Hockey League. You know, I know, I know with Nazem Kadri playing in the game tonight, of course, the, the Kadri trade pops its head back up. And, and look, I don't, I don't think anyone can sit here and say that, that Colorado didn't win that trade. Of, of course they did. Look at the season he's having now. Tyson Berry just didn't really work out here. But the trade aside... Alex Kerfoot has really carved out a nice role for himself. This was a guy who kind of, I think, found his footing in the playoffs last year. He found a little bite, a little edge. Him and Nylander had great chemistry. He's carried that over to playing really, really well with Tavares this year. And then Marner's out of the lineup, and who's the guy they say, you know what, why don't you flip, go play the other wing with Matthews. He he gets on the score sheet tonight, opening the scoring, and it just feels to me like he's a guy who has really found his role, and it's in kind of being wherever they need him to be on the, on this team. Yeah, he can do a little bit of everything. He can play center. He can play the wing. Uh, it's uh, And now, because, you know, so much was made about they basically have no money and how much was given to Nick Ritchie. Well, Kerfoot's in the third year of a contract at $3.5 million per season, which if the cap had kept going up, probably would be not deemed too rich. But with the flat cap, it's been a little bit problematic in that that's the kind of money for a top six forward, which he wasn't. So uh, to so the first thing you want is the play on the ice and playing better on the ice and the way he kills penalties. And, and then, uh, the, you know, the great goal tonight, you want to see that. But the other part is cap-wise, you know, he's he's getting a pretty decent number for what he has done historically. Yep, that's right, and he's going to have to keep being this guy. As we always say about Mitch Marner, hey, playing great, earning your money. Keep being this guy, and I'll say the exact same thing for Alex Kerfoot now. Uh, we've got a little more to say on Leaf Station postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick will wrap things up next on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.
Brick Gunning, Gord Stellick here on Leafs Nation postgame. Gordo, fun tonight, a breathtaking game. Uh, tons of pace both ways, and we are going to try to emulate that tomorrow on uh, Leafs Nation, the, the Leafs this week. Uh, we'll have a pot out for you tomorrow, live on the fan tomorrow, 1-2. to two. I'm looking forward to that, and yeah, we should we should try to match the pace uh, from tonight's game. It's a, it's a high bar, I know. Uh, it'll be a breathtaking show tomorrow afternoon. It'll be a <laughs> fun show to get back in the groove, and, and what a fun game it certainly was tonight. Fun game to talk about. That's right. We actually have games to talk about. They even played it in front of a crowd and everything. Thanks so much to everybody who kept us on the air tonight. Tom Young behind the glass. Producer Sam McKee. Joe Bowen to Jim Ralph crushing it on the call as always. Most importantly, though, thank you to listening. This has been Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network.